He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Layup with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Old Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Taylor Williams, Colby Powell, and Sam Humphreys with you today. Jim Woodward is on vacation. He did just let us know uh, that he is at the Cowboy Bar right now, just very much chilling on vacation. Um, But... Colby, we are having you on today um, because we didn't want people to think that, you know, this situation was something that it's not. Um, And so we just wanted to all talk about it on the podcast and, you know, show everybody that we're still friends uh, and we still love each other. So with all that being said, uh, Colby, I'll just kind of give you the floor. Uh, Yeah, man. I just, I talked to you guys last week and uh, reach out to Taylor, Sam, and Woody. I, I think our listeners kind of know, especially those who've been with us for a long time, uh, that my life is very different now than it was whenever we started this podcast. And I've just, man, I've been stretched thin these last few months. The baby, the job, everything's going on. And, uh, you know, this podcast has, is in good hands. So instead of just, you know, kind of just trying to make something work from, from week to week and uh, doing one show every three weeks and stuff like that, I've decided to just, uh, permanently step down as a, uh, a co-host of the 73rd hole. doesn't mean that people will never hear from me again. I'll still hop on from time to time as a guest. But, uh, yeah, this show is in good hands, and uh, I decided it was time for me to just uh, step back and, and let you guys take it. So I wanted to come on one last time and uh, talk to our listeners. Like you said, Sam, this is not – nothing happened with the show. You know, no, no rumors about us getting in a big fight or anything like that. I just uh, – yeah, stretched in and, and – needed to, to free up some, some time and energy, and uh, so I decided to, to fully step away and, and turn this over to you guys. Y'all have been doing a great job the last few months as I've been trying to figure out how to uh, be a stay-at-home dad and have a full-time job and do all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys, and uh, like I said, I know that I'm, I'm leaving the podcast in great hands and hope that y'all keep putting out good content because uh, we've established a, a great listener base, uh, and y'all do a great job, so hope everyone just continues to listen as i mean golf is uh in the headlines and, and newsworthy about as much as ever 100 percent, colby and that's you know we talked last week and i wanted to have you on one last time you know and and so did t-dub just you know so we don't we've already gotten tweets about is this about live or, or or pga tour when you and i argue it has nothing to do with any of that colby obviously working for the golf channel you know a lot of things on his plate we are all so cool i told colby you know you don't even have to, you know, ask if you want to come on the podcast. Just text me and say you're coming on. Um, but I do want to kind of preface what T-Dub is about to say with the fact that I am forever indebted to Colby Powell for everything that he's taught me, you know, on the podcast and radio side um, of this whole transition from me playing golf to now doing uh, what I do in the media. And Colby Powell was first and foremost, um, you know, with my dad, uh, you know, the two guys that I leaned on and listened to the most. So as far as from me, I will be forever indebted uh, to you, Colby, on, you know, everything 
everything that I've learned over the past couple of years. And I know that T-Dub's going to have a lot to say here because y'all started the podcast during covid and I came on a little bit later, um, but what we've grown here is something awesome. And so I just wanted, you know, to kind of have you on and, and let people know that we're not mad at each other or anything like that. Uh, you know, you just have other things going on in life, and and you know that's how it is. Yeah, not in the slightest, and, and I appreciate the kind words, Sam. I really do. And and Colby, I, I'll never forget to this day. When we, when of all places, you and me started talking about the podcast at a gym. I mean, we, we were at a face, we were going to the gym. I mean, I ain't been in a gym in two years, and 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 that's where the, we 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 really had these initial talks of of getting this this deal started. And you know, it's funny because I remember I I believe it was the the first week we did it was the Paul Azinger Open, the whole the Honda Classic. I mean, our true I mean, if you're a true OG seventy third listener fan, you'll know what episode. I'm referring to, and I'm sure Colby had been in, in the radio business for so long already that he sounded like a professional. I was just this dumbass who had no idea what was going on, just spewing random golf stuff that I had overheard or, or I'd looked into. And over the time of, you know, obviously his help and, and just doing this as, as, you know, not even just as a business as it's grown into, but just, you know, getting together all the time and just talking golf. You know, I loved it. I love every minute of it. I've loved every minute up to this point. And even with Colby not being here going forward, we're still going to keep producing great content, get out there. And I, I told Colby I had two stipulations whenever we first talked about this. I said, the number one is I ever need your ass, you answer the phone, you come on the show. And, and, he <laughs> that. and number two is, and number two is if you are leaving the show, you better not let anything happen uh, to baby Layla. So those are the two stipulations I gave to Colby. Just want to the listeners know he agreed to both of those. So, you know, we, we're in good hands there. Layla's in good hands. That, that's the number one priority uh, for Colby going forward. And I, like I said, we've, it's been about two and a half years now that me and Colby and, and Sam now and Woody now have been doing this. And, and it's been so great going forward. And I'm so happy with the future of the podcast going on and for the future of Colby because he's only been at the golf channel for a little bit. And it seems like every time uh, I, I go to their website, his, his face pops up there with an article. So he's, Colby's going to be doing big things, everyone, going forward. So make sure – you know, obviously, if you're going to keep checking out the 73rd, make sure to check out what Colby's doing. I don't know what your Twitter handle is, Colby. Make sure everyone knows that and they check in with what you're doing. But uh, let's just say that all of our futures collectively are in very good hands. Yeah, it's, uh, it's at Colby J. Powell if anyone wants to follow me. And, yeah, I remember starting this thing. And I, I even told told you, Tyler, last week whenever we talked, and I'll tell our listeners, when, when we first started, you know, Taylor was just so – Raw. You had never had you ever done any type of speaking into a microphone, anything like that at all? When we started, uh, besides the microphone on, on a telephone, no. I, I, it was <laughs> it was all foreign language. I might as well have been in ancient Egypt trying to read hieroglyphs. Yeah, it was so. I mean, Taylor was just very raw, but Taylor knew that he was very raw. And whenever I gave him tips, he would listen and stuff like that. And, uh, I told him last week, uh, and, and again, just the the improvement is is night and day. From where you started to where you're at now, just in the way you sound, the confidence uh, that you speak with, Sam, you, you too. Whenever you joined us, uh, I mean, just Ron trying to figure it out. Now I listen to you here. Uh, I get in the car, I turn on the sports animal, I listen to you there, and uh, you sound great. And you know, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have your own show over there one day. Uh, and I hope you'll keep doing this because uh, y'all really do a great job, and it, it it really has made it easy for me to focus on, on being a dad and focus on my job with Golf Channel and stuff, knowing that 
y'all do a good job. Y'all do a good show. Um, and I, I listen whenever I'm not on. I listened to the Gooch interview last week. Y'all did a great job. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of what this podcast has turned into, probably more than Taylor and I thought I thought it would whenever we started it. Um, but, yeah, it's just it, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, and like I said, this isn't the last time anyone will ever hear from me uh, because, you know, we got major weeks. I'll probably pop on. I'm sure Tiger will get his 83rd win next year at some point, so I have to pop on and uh, and talk a little bit of Tiger. But, uh, yeah, the 73rd hole certainly has a very special place in my heart. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to go to next, you know, is Colby. I mean, if, if you think about from the time you guys started it and then when I came on, could you imagine that you would have been asking Tiger Woods questions or we're, we're sitting there interviewing Taylor Gooch, who's the you know third biggest name in the world right now in the game of golf and stuff like that, and, and just the, the things that – you know, you built and, and T-Dub built and then I came on and now Woody's on um, just kind of taking a second to reflect on maybe a couple of your favorite episodes. To me, I when I think of you in the 73rd hole, I think of that day uh, that you brought up, you know, going up to Prairie Dunes and then I said, let's just go up and do it. And then we, we went up there and did the live coverage and that's kind of the day that everyone found out about us. And uh, I look back on that day as, as, as one with a very fond memory. Yeah, that was my favorite day of the whole podcast, going up the prairie. Uh, you know, just the, the three of us kind of bonding on the drive up there and back, being there. I mean, we were there all day long. Ekro came on with us after. Uh, it was an even better day for me as an Oklahoma State alum because Oklahoma State uh, was the team that emerged victorious right. there at the end. Uh, you know, I, I ran into an old friend, reconnected with an old friend that day at Prairie Dunes who's a member up there who since then has had me up to play Prairie Dunes three or four times, I think. Um, yeah, that was just, it, it was a great, great day. And, uh, yeah, reflecting back from, from where we started to where we are now, um, you, you know, guys, I'll be honest, I don't think that I would have gotten my job with Golf Channel if not for this podcast. I had a bunch of people apply for that job. And the fact that I had been doing a, a twice a week golf podcast for two years, I, I think it kind of set me apart as, okay, this isn't just another guy looking for a job. This is a golf guy, you know? So I, I think that this podcast, played a big role in me getting that job and uh yeah just eternally grateful sam i i did i didn't know you i'd never met you i had never spoken to you until we started this podcast uh so the podcast gave me a, a great friend in you uh getting to know your dad as he has been so supportive uh shout out to, to craig Humphreys, the hunt man for everything that he's done for us over the years coming on as a guest during covid and doing you know Masters previews and recaps. Our very first guest stuff. ever, Colby. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. I just want to say our very first ever guest, Craig Hofers. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Good call. He was our very first guest. Uh, so, yeah, all, all of his support and getting you as a friend, Sam, it's just it's amazing uh, kind of some of the journeys that we go on in life that we don't expect, uh, who you end up meeting, spending time with. Uh, and I'm very grateful that this, this podcast uh, brought us together and, and Woody. You know, I had never met, talked to Woody. I uh, met a bunch of people in, in the golf scene in the state of Oklahoma and, and just had a bunch of good times. So, uh, yeah, you know, all, all great things must come to an end. And uh, there certainly was a, a, a bit of sadness that came over me whenever I decided that I needed to do this. But like, like I said, when I first got on, life's just different now. And it's, I'm not leaving with, with anything other than love in my heart for, for this podcast uh, and for you guys and for our listeners who have supported us. I mean, just totally started this thing from scratch to Ken McLeod uh, with Golf Oklahoma for, for his support uh, and partnering with us, giving us a bigger platform. Just 
uh, everything. I it, it it far exceeded my expectations whenever we started it. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll become a fan now, uh, and I'll look forward to the times whenever I get to come on as a guest. And one one thing too, I want all of our listeners to start looking forward to is me and Colby agreed to start playing a lot more golf since he's not going to be on the podcast when we have options to. We're actually playing in a scramble coming up on, I believe, October 11th. I I believe that's right, Colby. And and so every time I get to play with Colby, I'm going to make sure to come on the podcast and give a full breakdown on where Mr. .868 (laughs) handicap game is, and hopefully he can progress and be a stretch goal. Oh, man, I'm back up to a 1.5 now. uh, (laughs) Oh, no. I was about I to say, last time I saw Colby play at the end ALZ scramble, I, I mean, he was just throwing darts right out of the car. I uh, Yeah, I shot a 76 a couple of weeks ago, which isn't that bad, but I shot 76 and my handicap went back up to 1.5, so it must have bumped out a good one from uh, from way back. But, uh, yeah, we got a little, little two-person uh, Tuesday night member guest scramble coming up. Uh, we won it. I think we played in it twice and won it once, uh, so – yeah, dominated it one time when we played. I mean, absolutely dominated. We did. It's uh, it, it's at the Greens where I'm a member, and it's nine holes, uh, front nine, no mulligans, no nothing, no extra putts, no string, and we shot nine under on nine holes uh, two years ago, I think. Yeah, it would have been two years ago because it was, it was the day my grandpa passed, uh, and I remember thinking that he must have been looking down on us because we just made exactly absolutely right. everything. So uh, can't wait to play in that again and then hopefully be able to play uh, more often. So, uh, yeah, just good times ahead. And, uh, yeah, lo- looking forward to listening to you guys, too, as we get into kind of uh, a little bit maybe slower time in golf. I, I don't know how much slower because golf <laughs> never really stops. Uh, Liv still goes for another month, PGA Tours, wraparound stuff. Uh, but hopefully we'll get a little bit of time with a slower period. So we can talk about more fun things like Charlie Wood shooting a 68. That's right. Um, and and yeah. maybe we're going to – Maybe we're going to have another Tiger, which would be fun because, uh, yeah, we, we all need more of that in our lives. A hundred percent. And I do have to end, you know, Colby's time here with another one of my favorite memories. Obviously, Prairie Dunes is my favorite as far as, you know, work and the podcast and all of that. But my favorite Colby memory came from when we were up at the senior PGA, not the PGA, but the senior PGA the year before at Southern Hills. Um, And there was a little bar in the hotel that did karaoke. And Colby was singing karaoke at the bar uh, the night before, I think, like the third round um, of the senior PGA. And let me tell you, it was a scene. You just had to be there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I remember that because I was the DD that you, night. Okay, so, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, was, I was the DD that night, so I do remember that. Uh, I remember, so I'm, I'm very outgoing and I don't mind making a fool out of myself and karaoke doing that kind of stuff. My wife, on the other hand, is, is much more introverted, uh, and shy in settings like that where she doesn't know a lot of people in public. And I remember she had to, uh, she required a little bit of liquid encouragement to do some karaoke. <laughs> so what I remember about that night is her requiring too much liquid encouragement to do karaoke, which resulted in uh, some time spent on the bathroom floor uh, in Tulsa <laughs> that night. It was, it was a great week. Uh, that Our trip to Orlando, too. The trip to Orlando That's was right. pretty epic. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Taylor and I played golf down there. Sam, you went to Stream Song. Taylor and I played a local muni and just, the worst weather we possibly could have drawn in Orlando, Florida. It was like 49 degrees, north wind, started spitting rain at us whenever we made the turn. It was just nasty, disgusting weather. But 
uh, it was an absolute blast. So, yeah, tons, tons and tons of good times. Tons of good times, Colby. And then just maybe a couple minutes here, just give me your overall thoughts on the President's Cup from this week. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, obviously with, with work going on, I watched pretty much all of it. I'll, I'll say this. It's, it's not a perfect event. It's not a perfect format because the internationals, the rest of the world, they just they don't have near the talent that the Americans do. And in the current landscape of golf, we'll see what it looks like a year from now, two years from now. Uh, I, I have no idea. Who, who knows? We're all just kind of guessing. Uh, but I do think it's going to be hard for them to get a ton better because if live players continue to not be allowed to play in the President's Cup and the internationals continue to get their best young players coached to live, it's going to make it tough. That being said, I thought that that was a scrappy group of internationals who mm-hmm. put up a fight. And I'll say this much for the President's Cup. It still carries enough weight and it still gets enough viewership that guys can elevate their status in terms of, I don't know if you want to call it golf celebrity or just notoriety or whatever the case may be. I mean, Tom Kim to golf nerd That's right. was cool before this week. But now to just more casual golf fans who maybe tuned in or not even tuned in, saw it on social media, Tom Kim throwing his hat down, getting compared to Tiger Woods. The President's Cup still did enough to, I think, elevate some guys' star. Max Homa with the chest bumping on Friday and, and him feeling like, like he's elevated to that level of the best players in the world. Uh, it, it was certainly never in doubt for the Americans, and I don't think we ever thought it would be, but it still gave us moments. And if the President's Cup can c- continue to give us moments, then I think it can continue to exist. Uh, I still like I, I'm, this isn't my idea. This idea has been floated around for years now. I, I do like the idea of doing a, a co-ed President's Cup where you take six men, six women from the U.S. and internationally. I think that gets you much more competitive. Uh, because the, the international side uh, in the women's game is very strong. Uh, but I don't know if they're ever going to go to anything like that. But uh, in the meantime, I thought the President's Cup, it, it had the chance to be a mega dud, just like a 22-8 to 8 mega dud, and we didn't get that. So all in all, I, I think some of the moments that you got from it were a positive, even though you, you kind of knew the result going in, and, and that took some of the drama out of it for sure. Absolutely, Colby. I couldn't agree more with that. We're going to hit a break, but before we hit a break, Colby, take us out on your last show and send us to a break. Yes, sir. Love you guys. Love our listeners. Appreciate everybody's support over the last couple of years. Continue to support Taylor, Sam, and Woody as they do a phenomenal, phenomenal job. For the last time, everybody, thank you. I am Colby Powell for the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. 
back, rolling along here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And I want to remind everybody, like I always do, to go visit golfoklahoma.org and get all of your local golf news from the great guys up in Tulsa, Kim McLeod, Chris Swafford, doing a great job. And I also want to tell people to go visit our friends at Quail Creek Bank. And we always talk about how great of a bank they are, but they are actually helping the Oklahoma City community improving financial literacy of our community since 2010. And they have a curriculum that they go through with local schools and they help kids learn about financial literacy. So not only are they the best bank in Oklahoma City, they're doing the most for the community as well. So go visit our friends at Quail Creek Bank. Okay, T-Dub, I thought the press President's Cup was about as entertaining as it could have been, given the circumstances and given the fact that it was kind of a blowout. Um, but the international team did make it decently interesting headed into uh, Sunday after Saturday. And so, to me, I think the lead story should be here on this Monday is that Jordan Spieth and Max Homa were far and away the two MVPs for the American team, at least according to me. I, I would probably definitely agree with you there. Spieth getting five points, Max Homa getting four points, Justin Thomas getting four points as well, but all of those were on uh, Spieth's team as JT did not win his singles match. But it's exactly like you said, Sam, the Americans just got such a big lead. They're up eight to two after the first two sessions. And then about midway through the, the Saturday session, because they had two that day, two sessions as opposed to one, uh, especially in the afternoon four ball, the internationals definitely gained a little bit of momentum winning that afternoon session three to one. It seemed like the Americans got very complacent and, uh, you know, just make kind of playing to not lose as opposed to win. And then the Sunday singles, Sam, there was a point where I believe if all the matches had ended at one point, the Americans would have only won by one point. That's so right. It got, it, got, it got extremely close there for a little bit. And, uh, you know, eventually the, uh, you know, the better players seemed to prevail, and they eventually won 17-and-a-half uh, to 12-and-a-half. But, yeah, there were some very interesting matches out there, especially – on on the singles matches, there there were numerous one up matches. Siwoo Kim beat JT one up Hideki and Sam Burns went to eighteen. They ended up tying. That was the whole. Sam, did you see Hideki's ball hit the uh, hit the marshal and bounce over into the rope? Yes. Oh, how, how, how on the final hole uh, of a tied match in the Presidents Cup? It's just unbelievable to see things like that happen. And then the the clinching match was Xander Shoffley beating Corey Connors one up on eighteen, got a clutch up and down a par save on 18 to secure that. But Corey Connors and Taylor Pendrith, Sam, for the internationals went 0 for this week. Both went 0 for 4 and both lost their singles matches. So, you know, the internationals had a few holes in there. Siwoo Kim was their MVP with uh, with three points. Sebastian Munoz and Sung J.M. Uh, were second best at two and a half each. So, I don't, I don't know. To me, Sam, the, the, uh, the internationals definitely had a lot of fight in them, and I'll definitely, uh, you know, give them credit for that. And the, but the Americans showed their dominance early. They got a little bit lazy on Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning. But overall, the better players ended up winning kind of like we thought all along. Yeah, and we heard a lot about Tom Kim, too. There was a lot of talk about him earlier on in the week, you know, and then ends up going two and three on the week. And Azinger even predicted that he's going to be number one in the world at some point that Tom Kim will be. So I, I thought that that was a little bit of an over-exaggeration there from, from uh, Paul Azinger. But to me, I thought that overall, the level of golf that was played was very high. What things will you remember most from this week, T-Dub? The thing that I'm going to remember the President's Cup for, and I, and I said it before the week, and it ended up being even more so true uh, after the tournament. Of the 30 matches that, that were played this week, 
20 of them, if I count, if I believe I counted this right, 20 of them. So that's two thirds of the matches went to hole 17 or beyond this week. And, and we had the three best finishing holes on that, on the Eastern Seaboard. And, and we didn't get to see them on the final few holes. They thought it'd be better to put them in the middle of the round, Sam. It, it would have made for such more entertainment if, if the whole layout was just as it was. And this is going to go down as one of the most egregious course change setup things I can remember any golf tournament doing of all time. Yeah, except do you think that having those tougher holes in the middle of the round uh, kind of kept these matches closer than they even were? Okay, so so let's let's just let's just theorize that that is the case, right? So we had twenty of the thirty. So then let's let's just say five of those. Let's say twenty five percent of them didn't. That's still half of the matches going to seventeen or eighteen. I mean that 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 would definitely be a lot more entertaining than the, the last day the last, especially the last two holes that we saw on uh, for for this new setup. So I I, de- I completely one hundred and ten thousand percent disagree with the changes they made and I, the the play. The actual golf that was played at the President's Cup was really, really good and entertaining to watch. High but the level, whole time, I, sure. just kept, I, I just kept seeing hole 17 being played as hole 14 and 18, one of the most challenging finishing holes in golf, uh, being played as the 15th hole. It, it just rubbed me the wrong type of way, and I just couldn't fully enjoy the tournament for that and obviously knowing that, that a third of the players who should have been there weren't. But a lot of the guys who weren't supposed to be there came in ended up playing pretty well. Yeah, and let's let's go to the singles matches yesterday and dive into those a little bit more. We mentioned in passing that Siwoo Kim beats JT one up. I thought that that was kind of a disappointment on the American side, and and if the Americans had struggled a little bit, like during the you know the female Xander Shoffley kind of in the middle um, of that lineup, I mean things could have gone the other way, you know, pretty quickly, like you said. And I I thought that Justin Thomas going out. In that very first match, uh, you know, he needs to put a point up on the board, and Siwoo Kim ends up winning that match. That was, you know, a little surprising to me. Probably the surprise of the day. I don't know, maybe Sebastian Munoz beating Scotty Scheffler, but to me, just the way JT was playing the first three days to lose his singles match was pretty surprising. I, I agree that JT losing was probably the biggest disappointment on the day because Scotty Scheffler did not play very well all week, and obviously he was my pick to get the most points for the Americans. So great job by me there. Ended up having, I believe it was in the Saturday morning, hit a cold blood shank on one of the par threes. So <laughs> that was entertaining. Then, then we also had JT's uh, chunk, I believe it was on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it, it's interesting to see in this tournament, you know, you see a lot more short putts missing. You see a lot more really bad shots like that. So it's kind of interesting to see that dynamic of how team golf varies from an individual. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree with uh, Siwoo Kim, but but Siwoo did play very, very well. He made a very clutch putt on 18 to beat JT. JT on a very similar line uh, did not make that putt. So And, and you know, uh, sometimes the scores can be misleading, Sam, because Sam Burns went 0-3-2 this week, only getting one total point for the Americans, and he seemed to play a lot better golf uh, than, that, than what ended up showing because he ended up just playing against guys who were on fire. And, and I will say this, too, just closing out on the singles matches. That Jordan Speed, I, I do think him going out and beating Cam Davis four and three definitely gave the Americans a little bit more more momentum, especially too after Patrick Cantlay then was able to beat Adam Scott three and two. I think those two guys being able to close out their matches when JT wasn't able to were very very crucial for the Americans. 
Do you think that Jordan Spieth having the week that he had this week will propel him into, you know, contending at major championships next year? And to me, the thing that I saw the most or was the most impressed with this week at Quail Hollow from Jordan Spieth was the fact that he just looked so confident on the greens um, as opposed to how he looked, especially at the start of 2022. I I do think Spieth is going to end up having a pretty good year going forward well I, he, he's at the point now to where i don't think he, he's going to contend at every single golf course he plays but definitely the courses that he plays well that's the national uh colonial he may even be a pretty good pick at la country club that seems like a course that, that may suit up decent for him hilton with how well he's hit, hilton head as well so yeah there, there's definitely a few lineups in there that would be good i, I do expect Pete to have a pretty good year he's just not back at, at the 20 at the 2015 2017 rate at this point he's a little bit off but this was a very good week for all the Jordan Speaks fans out there. And let's talk more about Max Homa, too, because are we to the point now where Max Homa is a great player with a great personality, not just a great personality that happens to be a great player, T-Dub? I mean, I feel like I've been saying it for a decent amount of time. I feel like Max Homa is honestly probably the most, for his game, is the most underrated player in golf. Totally agree. Everyone, and everyone just thinks of him as, you know, social media guy, critique your swing, being funny. You know, he was on with Shane Bacon on their podcast for a while. So that's how a lot of people know him as. But he's been able to transcend his his game to be a top 15, top 20 player in the world. And he's all that. And as we've seen, he was extra motivated this week because he had a lot of haters coming out and saying that he was one of the people who maybe shouldn't be at, at the President's Cup because of all the lift stuff. I disagree with that. I think he would have been there no matter what. For him to go out and go 4-0, win his singles match, as well and get four points for the Americans. I, I think you bring up earlier about Spieth being able to propel him to have a big year. I think this finish is going to propel Homa to even have a bigger year next year than he did this year. Yeah, and Max Homa even had to do it, you know, carrying Billy Horschel on his back in that second round. God bless, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of that, who were your favorite teams and least favorite teams to watch throughout the week, T-Dub? Well, obviously the, the Spieth-JT team, team was really fun. Uh, to watch and Cantley Shaw play were were very very good as well. They actually lost uh, a one. I believe they lost one match as well. So that's something that I didn't expect to happen. But uh, as far as kind of what you brought up earlier about Billy Horschel, and I'm going to throw Kevin Kisner in there as well. Those are probably the two guys who I would think probably shouldn't have been there if if, if everything would have went the way things were it, according to. It would have been DJ and Taylor Gooch instead of those guys, in my opinion. I. I I, I think all of us probably could agree that those two would be definitely better than these two players. And, and Kisner and Horschel get a combined one and a half points for the team, so not very good. Both of them end up losing their singles match a, as well. So it, it's uh, it definitely showed that there was some weaknesses in the American team, and, and you saw that in a couple of teams that were out there because in, in the Ryder Cup, because only eight of the 12 players played session, you can kind of hide your weaknesses a little bit more than you can in the President's Cup, and you saw some of that get exposed um, um, in the in the first few matches. T-Dub, after the U.S. ended up winning, we saw one of the funniest videos slash pictures of the year. What's the over-under on that being the first stogie that Jordan Spieth has ever put in his mouth? Because he, he it, was smoking that, and it looked like he had never even seen a cigar before. <laughs> Let's put it this way. If that isn't his first cigar he's ever smoked, I want to see the picture of whatever the first one was because, <laughs> because there's no way that it, it can look any more 
weird than, than he did doing that. And, it, and you know what? He, he went 5-0, and oh, so he can kind of do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. He, wants. he can yeah, absolutely he, 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 do whatever he wants. I wish we had Woody on the show to, you know, give his expert opinion on the stogie smoking from Jordan Speed. And I, I didn't see this part, but my dad was telling me about it. said that uh, before his singles match, he saw his wife and his kid um, right before they're on one tee box, and he picked up his son and held him up like Simba. And the crowd went I did wild. See that. So I thought that was good that, stuff. That, that sounds that sounds like a pretty pretty cool deal there. So yeah, Steve's earned the right to do whatever he wants. But I'll say this: if he does know that there's going to be a lot of cameras around, you know, he might just need to pose in the mirror, that kind of thing, to make sure he looks a little bit more a little bit more professional with cigar than than he did in that. Interview. Let's get to the other part of this President's Cup, and that was the coverage um, in the first you know, two rounds especially. It was a little better on Saturday and Sunday. Um, but let me go through some of these tweets that I just randomly searched on Twitter, President's Cup coverage, okay? Uh, this one comes from Brett Boyer on Twitter. He says, holy crap, the President's Cup coverage on at Golf Channel is horrific. We saw four shots one from a previous day, and then they hit us with another commercial. This next tweet comes from Bruno Bedaki on Twitter. These are just random people, T-Dub, that I found on Twitter. He says, NBC has less than 10 players on the golf course and still can't show every shot from the international team. Absolutely unreal. There's about a million other tweets like this, and you know, me being a journalist, I went and looked at the TV ratings um, from this week, T-Dub, they had an average audience throughout the week of 760,000. Now, that might sound pretty decent because you hear the live numbers and they're way below that. However, you know, obviously live doesn't have, you know, a TV contract, but let me compare this President's Cup, 760,000, to what it was in 2019. And in 2019, on day three, there was a time late in the day where they were averaging 2.15 million viewers per minute during the high point from 11.15 to 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. And now, throughout the week, they had an average audience of 760,000. They had a great crowd in person, but it was diminished by the fact that you didn't have a Cam Smith, you didn't have a Dustin Johnson, and we could go down the list, T-Dub, and it was honestly not only one of the worst coverage from the first to second day, but it was also one of the most boring tournaments to watch, especially on the first two days. Now, the high level of play made it somewhat interesting for a golf nerd, but there were no casual golf fans watching this President's Cup. No, so everything you said there is absolutely right. I think that it's, it's very interesting because 2019 is slightly different because you have the Tiger effect going on, so that's going to draw a lot more viewers there. But at the same time, there's no doubt that there's how many ever people, even real golf fans, who, who decided not to watch this tournament because of the people who weren't there. I mean, and, and I'll say this, you know, I was busy playing in a golf tournament, so I was watching the replays of it, and there was a lot of times where I thought very similar things to what, what the tweets were saying. It just seems like it was even a replay overloaded with commercials where you could cut things out. It seemed like that would be a, lo- a lot better place to, to make it kind of, you know, like a highlight reel type thing. But yeah, there did seem like it was hard to catch every player. And when you only have, especially with singles matches, you have 24 golfers playing at one time. I, I feel like it shouldn't be overly difficult to be able to see every single shot that transpires. So completely agree with all the things better being said and it's just it seemed like this tournament was just doomed to fail from the beginning with everything 
kind of transpired. And then there's just all these other little things like this, like the whole changes, like I mentioned earlier, and then the, this coverage where it, it just seemed like it, it just kept being worse and worse and worse, where if you just added a couple of different things, it could have made it better. And thank God that, that the golf was good because that made up for all these other things. Yeah, and I just feel like even during this week, I, I feel like we should have heard more, you know, from Max Homa and more from Jordan Spieth. I mean, those two guys were the MVPs of the week, and it seems like every chance they got, they were showing Justin Thomas. And Justin Thomas, I mean, Jordan Spieth and Max Homa were the stories to me, right? To me, yes, I agree. I, I think what, what I noticed, at least for what I saw, is that ever since we knew Patrick Reed wasn't going to be on any teams going forward, we knew that like two or three years ago before he even went to live because his game had started to get worse. America has been looking for a quote-unquote a Captain America in, in, in all these matches. And last year at the Riders' Cup, it was kind of more like a team effort where everyone just came together. Justin Johnson actually was the catalyst of that team winning as many points as he did. So it seems like they're looking for that Captain America figure, and it seems so badly that the media was trying to put Justin Thomas in that role, and he's trying to embrace it from what I've seen. So, But him going out and losing that singles match didn't do so well for that. But I definitely think that it's, it's the coverage in the media trying to make another, quote-unquote, like I said earlier, Captain America figure, and they're trying to assert JT onto that role. The last question I have for you to end the show here is give me a grade for this President's Cup. Grade for the President's Cup? Well, I, I'd probably give – I'm giving it a C-minus. Um, I, actually, I'll go in the middle with C just because the Americans did end up winning. I'm going to give it a straight C, and that's really just because the, the golf, the, the, the play of the golf was actually good, and the internationals showed up and seemed like they had a, a chip on their shoulder and wanted uh, to put up a good good performance. So I'm going to give it a C there. But, but the, whole change, the whole layout of changes and the live guys not being there definitely knocked this tournament down so much further. And, and like I said, thank God for, for the great golf because that's the only thing that made this tournament uh, worth a darn besides the Americans win. See, you're a little harder than I am uh, even on this President's Cup, T-Dub, because to me, I, I thought it was a B, maybe even an A- minus as far as taking into consideration how – you know, set up to fail they were from the beginning. Now, as far as compared to other President's Cup, it's probably an F, right? And so uh, I thought that they did the best with what they could do. And I thought that the product was actually, you know, pretty entertaining, except for the fact that I told you about the coverage on the first two days. But as far as the golf and the level of play, um, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement, but we did get some great fist pumps from Max Homa and, and Tom Kim. And Tom Kim uh, became kind of a, a household golf name over this past week. So I, I thought there was some interesting stories. I wasn't just completely bored by it. And, and yes, I will say in my grade, I, I contributed the live stuff and being set up for failure. I have part of it. I'm trying to take everything in as an overall experience. And definitely, when you compare it to the majority of other presidents, because with the exception of maybe 2017 at Liberty National, where just an absolute blowout, I would say that this definitely rakes, rakes down there as, as one of the worst at President's Cups uh, ever since the event started. I totally agree, T-Dub. That's enough for us today, but we will be back later in the week here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma, and make sure to subscribe below the podcast. That just helps us out. It's free, and it just sends you a notification when the episode 
drops. And then also, please go follow us on at the 73rd hole on Twitter and at 73rd hole on Instagram. T-Dub, great job today. Colby, pal, thank you so much for everything that you have done for the 73rd hole throughout the last couple of years. We'll be back later this week on the 73rd Old Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.